from Fox 8 Sports. You're listening to Fox 8 Overtime. From Fox 8 Studios in New Orleans, welcome into Overtime, the podcast for all things sports, all things Louisiana, and everything in between alongside Garland Gillen, fresh off the plane from Austin with John Bennett producing. I am Chris Hagan, and today we are talking LSU football and that shootout in Austin, Texas between the Tigers and Longhorns. But first, we want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, and tell your friends. And if you want to get in touch with us, use the Final Play app or Tiger Huddle app to submit a question. Now, gentlemen, let's get to it. Are we in on this Tigers offense? Was that enough to sell you? Was that enough to sell me? <laughs> As you'll see on Final Play tonight, I talked to Brody Miller of The Athletic, and we talked about last week about it was Georgia Southern. Everybody kind of slow down a little. Now you can fully invest in this offense. The play of the game. I They talked about it numerously in post. Third and 17 in the past. They ran up the middle and punted the ball. Mm-hmm. And they just went for it. And it, boy, did it pay off, man. Jordan Jefferson or uh, Justin Jefferson touchdown. One of three touchdowns on the night for, for Jefferson. Yeah, I'm all in on this offense. I mean, Joe Burrow, 471, eight incompletions total. This is uh, this is not your uh, your grandfather's LSU offense or even your father's LSU offense. Uh, Joe Brady and Steve Ensminger are lights out with their play calling so far in two games. This is life in the Big 12, huh? <laughs> it was. See, it Four like hour it. games, back and forth. Well, and I think it's a lot of what you hear Sean Payton talk about a lot. Um, you know, I think each team, certainly each fan base may be questioning, where was our defense? What was the defense doing? Yeah. But look, Peyton says it all the time. The Giants game a couple of years ago, I think the Raiders game a couple of years ago, the Rams game in the regular season last year. Sometimes you get in these games, they are shootouts. It is offense that's going to win this game. That is the tone of the game. And the name of the game is to go out and score or you're going to get beat. And I think um, to Ensminger's credit, to Joe Brady's credit, that's why you see that third and 17 call because if you're not scoring, you're going to get beat. It is a, um, you know, who's got the ball last or who's got enough cushion because of their offense to win this game. And that's what we saw, an LSU team that knew they weren't going to be stopped and they went out there with their foot on the gas. Yeah, Joe, I'm sorry, bud. You, you no, I was just going to say, like, in the past, I mean, not just like the third and 17 to pass the ball there, but even like at the beginning of the game when Joe Burrow throws the interception, which really was not – like his fault. It was a deflected pass. And yeah. If you see it, he had Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. which probably would have been good for a first down. Like in the past, you could see an LSU offense just kind of going back in their shell and mm-hmm. running the ball and being conservative from there, and they just kept after it. Yeah, Coach Ogeron said in post game that a, ton- a touchdown lead was not enough. They knew they weren't safe. Uh, we know that Joe Burrow is possibly – possibly and I think he is one of the top 10 quarterbacks in America I think Sam Ellinger is also in that mix he went for 401 and they had over 500 yards of total offense Texas did Dave Aranda man he he was fired up during this game his defense gave up a lot of points a lot of yards and the players had a lot of cramps during this game they had injuries I don't, I don't think there's such thing as bulletin board material for Northwestern State, but Coach Ogeron said after the game, thank goodness we're playing Northwestern State next week, <laughs> and that's his alma mater. So I think he has a little he has a little leeway on that. But, uh, yeah, thank goodness for LSU that they have an uh, FCS team next week because they took a lot of hits on defense there, and they got a lot to clean up. Yeah, I, I agree, but I'll also make the point that they made the plays that counted. 
the game, the plays that yeah. swung the game, the plays that gave LSU the advantage, even if it just you know resulted in field goals at the time, the two fourth and goal stops um, that negated that interception within their own red zone, holding Texas to a field goal late in that fourth quarter allowed LSU to have a two touchdown cushion after that 61 yarder to Justin Jefferson. If not. Um, you know, LSU is still playing a, a much closer game later there. And then the Calevon chase on sack at the end of the second quarter, it turned Tom Herman's game plan around on him. He took those timeouts with LSU driving later or earlier on the previous drive, thinking Texas can get the ball back, run the two-minute offense. Instead, it left more than a minute on the clock, more than enough time for LSU to operate. Chase on gets the sack. LSU calls timeout. They get the ball back with plenty of time to go down and take a 20-7 to lead going to halftime. So while, yes, they were bleeding yards at times, there were a lot of third and long situations. I would love to see them get off the field. In a game like that, like I mentioned, where it is about the offense and who can score, the plays that swung the game were made by LSU's defense. Those were plays that were nowhere to be found from Texas's defense. Outside of that interception, I mean, they, they let Burrow do whatever he wanted out there, and they, they brought their blitzes. I thought they, they did a good job of trying to create pressure, but they weren't able to affect it enough. And I, I tipped the hat to LSU's defense for making those plays. It wasn't perfect, but yeah, they made the plays. Those were as good as turnovers. And in a game where the buildup, a lot of it was about Tom Herman versus Ed Ogeron, Tom Herman gets an L for the decision on those two consecutive fourth downs Bro, to get zero points out of that at home. I mean, and now granted, the first one was a touchdown and then <laughs> it was dropped. <laughs> but on the second go around, yeah, to not take a field goal there. I mean, if if Kirk Herbstreet could have been like, you know, on that sideline, he'd have been yelling in Herman's ear, run it up the gut. When you're going side to side, you're playing in the LSU strength. You're not going to beat them to the edge. I don't think you're going to find that crease. And we saw it on the fourth and goal when Patrick Queen gets in there. There was nowhere to go. You weren't just going to bully that team. But if you run it up the gut, you have a chance. That's where Texas' running game did, did a good job, I think. They always managed to fall forward for yards and turning some two-yard gains into four- and six-yard gains. I, I think Herman missed big on, uh, especially, like you mentioned, that second, fourth, and goal-to-go effort. Yeah, and you talk about Herman uh, after the game. Man, Coach Ogeron is just not taking that bait. He was uh, asked if this is a personal thing for him, getting that win against the coach that they knew that he knew that LSU wanted before they wanted him. He, he was not taking the bait. Team victory. Uh, and you, you go back to the, uh, the, the, the first two drives for Texas. Man, you knew that ball was going to Sam Ellinger. You knew it. And on that fourth down of the second time around, the first one, the crowd was cheering before the yeah. ball actually hit his hands. It was a perfect call. It was a perfect call, and, and, and Christian Fulton's on the outside, and he was kind of like just, oh, well, like, yeah, I mean, that's just the way it is. I, I mean, it, it, the, the play happened right in front of me. Like, I literally was two yards away from me when it happened. I couldn't believe. But the student section was right behind me, and he, the, the crowd was going wild before he he caught the ball so that was uh that was it's a game of inches I mean you look at the uh, Terrace Marshall play at the end uh where his what his he, he called him down by contact I mean that could have changed the game Sam Ellinger on that second drive scored a touchdown and they called it back because he was down before uh he was down before he got to the end zone so it, it's all about a small play here or there and Chase on you talk about him he had the time of his life last night that game uh chatting with the crowd the entire time uh, when they had the one drive where three players went down with either cramps or injuries, uh, 
Chase on kept pointing at the scoreboard to the to the student <laughs> section. He did it like four times in a row. So he was loving life. I mean, he's a Texas guy. This is yeah. this is his territory. So he has the right to you know to talk a little trash here and there. And you mentioned the coaches um, in this matchup. I think you know listening to the post game comments, both of these coaches, these teams. Uh, defensive coaches probably caught a little bit off guard. I think both were taken aback by just how good the opposing quarterback was. Um, say what you want about Tom Herman recruiting Joe Burrow. Did Burrow even know he could be this good? I mean, uh, Herman's taken aback by it, and then Ogeron complimenting Ellinger after the game. I think both of these quarterbacks surpassed a lot of expectations, um, and they were exceptional. And I think that was obviously a, a big key to the game. And, and I think a big key is also the fact that they met early in the season. There's not a whole lot of tendencies on tape, um, not as much on tape for the defense to study. And uh, maybe that played a, a, a little bit of a role in just these defenses being so off balance and, and each offense being able to do whatever they want. And you talk about game of inches. Another one to point out, Derek Stingley had an interception. Mm -hmm. But that one, the receiver's out of bounds. They call it incomplete. Two plays later, the 55-yard touchdown to make it 7-3 to three early on. Something I'm wondering about is, was Dave Aranda's strategy to let Ellinger run wild a little – well, have his time in the pocket, but hopefully eventually pound him down, and by the end of the game you'd wear him down? But credit to him. That guy's tough as nails. He is. And he was going strong all four quarters despite taking some hits. But I don't know if they got enough hits on him for that to be effective. I don't think they got the hits they wanted on him. There weren't a whole lot of hits taken in the pocket. Um, even when he ran, it was kind of Camara-like how he got down or just managed to avoid taking those hits straight on, um, especially to the to the torso. So um, I, I'm not sure, you know, and, and – I you talk about Stingley. I don't know if he had a ball completed on him. I haven't gone back and watched it. No. Felt yeah. the same way. I don't think he did. Um, they honestly tested Fulton a little bit more. Uh, they did get him the gamble on that one, that 55-yarder to Brennan Eagles, uh, the first touchdown of the game. But, yeah, it, I'm not sure what the strategy was on Ellinger. Again, I'd probably have to go back and look at some replays and, and look at the tape. It seemed um, like they were they were comfortable containing him, though, and, and limiting the pass rush yeah. and not letting him get flushed out of the pocket. I think at, at one point, though, especially in the second half on some of those crucial drives, it became obvious you had to blitz. The four-man rush was not getting there, and that was just too dangerous. And when you, you couple that with the fact that they would have had to cover down the field for so long, those plays where Ellinger was able to extend outside – I don't think LSU's DB stood a chance. And it's uh, it's hard to say any no, DB no will does, stand yeah. a chance um, covering that long, but that's when it got really dangerous. And I think you were better off blitzing, leaving your corners in one-on-one -on -one coverage and taking that gamble. They're going to get beat. Fulton got beat once. They got yeah. beat on the slant over the middle on the fourth and two. Um, but you're better off getting some pressure on them because those are the those are the plays that made a difference. The the Like I said, the chase on sack – um, the sack on that drive that eventually led to a Texas field goal in the fourth quarter, um, those made the difference in getting Texas behind the sticks and, and slowing them down when you could. It wasn't very often. LSU won by seven points. Uh, this is the Jim Henderson portion of the podcast. We're going to talk about kickers for a second. Cade. Cade York. Wait, Coach Ogeron said he was injured this week. And, and didn't even kick. Didn't kick. That's wild. 
His second game ever. True freshman nailed three field goals. Uh, the the fans are going wild in his ears. I. Uh, that's a fantastic that, – that is a reason right there to give a full scholarship to yep. find the best kicker in America. You're going to have this kid for the next four years. That I mean, you, you saw how big it was last year uh, with, with the transfer. And, man, Cole Tracy, I came to me a second. But Cade York, man, I'll, I'll, i got to give the kicker a little love. I know. I'll take a kicker who can power clean 250 pounds any day of the week. Well, that's you, right. Yeah, you got to give him a ton of credit, man. I mean, that's – that's 12 points right there. That is a guy that you're not afraid to kick a 40-plus yarder, and that makes a huge difference. Yeah. We saw the Army-Michigan game. That poor kid was a freshman kicker. He almost had that, that yeah. 50-yarder. Army. That, that's on Army's coach. They were way too Well, and I, I was saying, well, not to get into Army-Michigan, but like at least it was a 50-yarder. It was yeah. not exactly a chip-in. No. On Fox 8, big noon game. Yes, what? that's right. <laughs> the big um, noon. Talking about the, pre- the pass rush, I thought Glenn Logan had a good day. He did. And then you throw in Justin Jefferson. Good day for Destrian. High products. But didn't see much John Emery. What would you feel about the running back rotation? Uh, I, I feel like it was as expected. I think Clyde's the guy. I do. I love Clyde's vision. Um, and yeah. like once, once Brady and Ensminger really got in their bag and were dialing up those plays really well, they had the defense so off balance and it gave Clyde even more room to run because the linebackers, like they talked about in the broadcast, they're sitting back because Justin Jefferson is chewing him up over the middle of the field, and then you give it to Clyde, he gets around the end, he scores that touchdown in the fourth quarter. Um, it was as expected. I would have liked this probably see Emery. Clyde, the only thing that bothered me about Clyde was that one drop um, at the start of the third quarter. It was a third and one. They try to swing it out to him. I mean, I do believe LSU could have carried momentum from that first half into the second half if they can move down the field and, and build on that 13-point lead they had at, at that point. Following Texas drive, they absolutely ate LSU's defense alive with a 19-play drive. So that would be my only complaint about Clyde. But I'll say this, he did a good job in blitz pickup. I think that's why he's in the game. Um, Ogeron's talked about it before. John Emery probably needs to get a little bit stronger. I think that's his way of saying we're not – quite there with him in terms of pass protection and against a team that's going to blitz like Texas I value that more than whatever Emory would bring to the game over Clyde Edwards-Alaire not mad at that running back rotation yeah and the official report doesn't have Emory playing in the game that's the immediate LSU post game so if that's correct then yeah he didn't see the field I just remember there was a drive like in the first or second quarter when they were trying to establish the offense and they got across midfield and Alaire was in there the whole time and I get that in the hurry-up offense, if you sub, then Texas subs. But I just wonder if with that stable of running backs, if it would be better to get a little bit of a rotation in there at some point yeah. when Alaire's had three or four touches, if you sub a guy in. Or I need – And it's nothing against Alaire. It's nothing against Clyde Edwards-Alaire. The guy needs – But he to, had like 19 touches. He a break at some point. For over 100 yards. I, I'm wondering – if any of these freshmen, whether it's Davis Price or Emory, that eventually takes Fournette's spot as the second running back into the game. Um, again, in limited touches, it's hard to grade a running back. That's a position that you, you need that 15 to 20 touches to really tell their effect on a game. Not overly impressed by Fournette, but I'm not in practice. I don't know the knowledge that these guys have in the offense or who the coordinators obviously feel most comfortable with at this point. And they'll get more comfortable with these guys. I mean, if you look at the schedule coming up, guys, Northwestern State, Emory's going to get a lot of work. I think Alaire will get a little less work in that game. He took a pounding uh, last night. 
Uh, then are at Vanderbilt, who's 0-2 mm -hmm. and just not having a good season. And then Utah State, who, who's a pretty good team in the uh, Mountain West. But you got three games coming up to figure out what you got in John Emery before the Florida Gators come on October 12th. So I think you're going to get a lot more work from him in the future. And, and Chris made a valid point about he needs to get more in the weight room. That's what Coach Ogeron has talked about. So uh, it, it's going to – I mean, the receivers got just an insane amount of work. To have three receivers go over 100 yeah. yards, I, I mean, it, it was. It was a Big 12 game. It, it, that's what it was. It was back and forth all night. And Bring I, back Jonathan Giles. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, though. We, we all laughed when, when Burrow this summer at the Manning Passing Academy oh. said you're going to see 40, 50, 60 points per got game. That he got that question again last night. Two weeks in a row he's gotten that question. I, well, they're doing it, man. Yeah. And, I, I mean, at this point, what defense is stopping him? <laughs> he, he, he's prophetic. I mean, you know, he, he, he says it two weeks in a row. He's got that smile on his face both weeks when he talks about hitting those over 40 points there. When uh, you've got three receivers like that to cover, though, I mean, it's, it's fun as a quarterback. Somebody's getting open, whether it's the trust factor with Chase and the anticipation there that's unreal, knowing Justin Jefferson is going to find a way to get open over the middle of the field, Marshall's big playability, um, it's got to be fun. Even Thaddeus Moss had a nice catch last night. Probably actually wasn't a catch, but got away with it. <laughs> and and you don't even get to see big-time players like Trey Palmer mm -hmm. and Devontae Lee. There's a lot of guys on that bench. I don't know if they're going to see a lot of work in these big-time games because the, the big three are killing it right now. And, and I think it's going to do wonders for recruiting too. <laughs> that, that was another thing Coach Ogeron said during the week. He said recruits are, are loving this system, but you know what else they love? They love victories, and mm -hmm. they went into Texas, which is one of their – Big areas of recruit. Mm -hmm. I guarantee Zach Evans, who's the number one running back in America out of North Shore High, watched that game last night. Uh, he 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 might because there's only a few spots left in that recruiting class. LSU needs a few more running backs. Zach Evans would be perfect to go with that passing and that running. So uh, the big night for recruiting for LSU also on the national stage. Everybody watched that game last night. And then you saw Joe Burrow waving goodbye to the crowd. <laughs> oh yes, a uh, flag was planted on the field. I think the trash talk is going to be alive and well all the way 365 days oh, from dude. now when Texas comes to Baton Rouge. You know, and, and LSU's going to have to face Ellinger again. I hope Miles Brennan was taking notes because the expectation is going to be you got to go out, up, out there and uh, put up some big numbers. How about Joe Brady? Yeah, the Joe Brady, the secret's out. I mean, college game day was all over him, and – He's, you know, he they try to give credit to Steve Ensminger, and I saw Joe, uh, Joe Brady tweeting like, "That's why they call Ensminger the Slinger." Is, I is mean, he gonna need, look, they going to need a for Brady, dude. It's a nice charade, but this offense was not the same under Steve Ensminger. And yeah, they're paying him like four hundred thousand this year. What are they going to have to do to keep him? Ogeron's going to be making less than his assistance eventually. Like you're going to yeah. be paying Aranda what two point two, two point five, something like that right, right. now. You're going to have to. Up uh, Brady and Ingsminger. I mean, I'm sure Ogeron would take that hometown discount, but Brady is the hottest name in college football right now, man. And it's only going to get hotter. And I mean, th you get Kirk Herbstreet out there singing your praises to that national audience. He's also benefiting from the fact that, and I saw a Texas beat writer on Twitter say this um, people, Texas fans, freaking out about their defense. It's because we are not conditioned to seeing. Anyone wearing purple and gold out there running routes like that, throwing for nearly 500 yards. LSU has a great offense. I, I don't think it's a, a total knock against any defense not to be able to slow down uh, Burrow in that passing attack right now from what we've seen through two games. 
Um, so Brady is benefiting from the fact that we just haven't seen this. Well, I mean, and he's resurrected. To, to quote Nick Saban way back, at, I mean, it's like this was dead. a sleeping giant. The talent has always been there. Yes. And half the time, these guys—I mean, Tyron Johnson, Tway, Trey Quinn, all these guys that came to LSU, Malachi Dupree—and just never could capitalize on an offense, offense that yeah. would that would make them look good. And I mean, it's it's a shame that it's taken this yeah. long. And you know, here's to hoping that whenever Brady does move on, that if there's Brady a foundation. On, in, I mean, it's to the it, offensive coordinator yeah. at LSU. Well, okay, but he, I mean. This guy is going to be the star of the season. Right he's going to be the star of the season. He's he can only be here so long without being a head coach. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, there's a, not he's to 29. not to rain on the parade yeah. two games in, but like there has been an expiration date on this guy unless he becomes the head coach. Yeah, maybe he's going to be the head coach somewhere. Maybe Ensmeer can go back to tight ends coach. You know, it, it, it's I know it's tough to go backwards, but uh, yeah, Joe Brady's going forward. He's only 29 years old, and he, he it. It's, His just, it's really fun I to mean, watch. Ensminger did it once before. When I, I mean, so maybe he can do it again. I, I don't think. Know. I think the other thing is Brady's job and this brand of offense. Like it's the hot. It's what everybody wants right now. It's why LSU wanted Tom Herman. It's why uh, Zach Taylor goes from quarterback coach of the Rams to head coach of the Bengals. It's why Cliff Kingsbury fails upward into a head coaching job in Arizona. People want big offense. Yeah, um, they want those minds. Brady's not only put it on tape; he's got on his resume worked for Sean Payton, worked with Drew Brees, worked under Pete Carmichael. Um, so yeah, not to speculate too much further, but this guy's—he's going places. Hopefully, it's going places within the purple and gold system. But yeah, um, we'll see. As always with college football, you know, and and capitalizing these things while you can. Exactly. National stage last night, I just pointed out. Uh, everybody got to see the game. Uh, my top ten uh, yes. com- comes out today. Uh, Clemson, number one. Mm-hmm. Alabama, number two. Mm-hmm. There it is. LSU, number three. That's okay. valid. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Auburn, Florida, Michigan, Notre Dame. Michigan had a bad game against – everybody's had a bad game in that top ten. Even Notre Dame won impressed against Louisville. Michigan against uh, Army. Florida against Miami. Uh, Auburn, hey, they, kudos to them also. I thought the Tulane was going to have a tough uh, – Tulane was going to give them a tough time. They didn't. I thought but, the offense would do a little more for Tulane. Yeah. Justin McMillan was 10 for 33. It's disappointing. Yeah. yeah. But uh, going back to the main thing on there, LSU's number three, and I just laid out the schedule a minute ago. This is going to get really interesting, but I think they're going to stay around number three because, first off, Cle- Clemson's not losing this year because that- now Syracuse was supposed to be the only hope. Oh for gosh, they got uh, burned. Man, Lee Zurich, what happened to your alma mater? Jeez, they got smoked by Maryland. Uh, Florida State, you know, just total just dumpster fire. That's amazing. Yeah. Th- so the ACC is just going to be is trash this year. So Clemson's already guaranteed to go thirteen and zero. Credit to them for having Texas A and M on the schedule, though. Yeah, yeah. A and M actually. Their defense actually played pretty well, in my opinion, in that game. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so Lawrence just had a couple moments where he was just outstanding. That first touchdown where yeah. he rolls out. Oof. But uh, Alabama, uh, the same. It, they uh, their schedule is is not tough, so it's going to be uh, LSU's yeah. going to be LSU's not going to move up. Uh, my point is LSU's not moving any higher than one or two right now. Yeah. It, they can keep rolling up victories against the Northwestern State, Vanderbilt, Utah State, the Floridas of the world. Um, 
Auburn, but they're not going to get past those two, and it might be a long time that before that happens because the two teams in front of them do not have tough schedules, and they're also really, really, really good. And I think at this point we're wise enough to know that these are just numbers until the college football playoff yeah. um, comes out. Plus, um, even when that does come out, it's about what happens at the end of the year. It's about what happens in Tuscaloosa in November. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the SEC and championship And then the SEC game. championship and how that shakes out. You can start playing out your scenarios where, like, can the loser of LSU Alabama make it back in without being in the SEC championship game? How does Georgia factor in? How does Oklahoma factor in? Ohio State and the Big Ten. Oh, Pac-12 out. Pac-12's done. <laughs> I mean, look. It was it was a fun run while it lasted. Dude, but lost the Ca- Washington lost to California. Yeah, Oregon lost time. Auburn. I guess that leaves Utah. Everyone lost. Yeah, wants Utah. Utah. Yeah, I get a lot of I got a lot of hate on Twitter from Utah fans. There, we they they have, have a tough a, test next week uh, hosting Idaho State. We might have a slight bias, but look. If Georgia runs the table, if Bama runs the table and LSU has one loss and it's a close game against Alabama and then Alabama or Georgia loses in the SEC title, do you put three SEC teams in? Because it depends on what happens in the Big Ten. It's absolutely insane, but they're three really good teams. Yeah. Yeah. That, wow. Like that would, I, that would I, cause I, a riot. Well, there's that. There's that. I would say an, another scenario to consider is, say, LSU loses by the narrowest of margins to Alabama in November, and then LSU finishes the remaining, what, three or four games strong after that. Mm-hmm. And then Alabama blows out Georgia mm-hmm. in the SC Championship game. Does LSU jump Georgia? Yes. Yeah, I mean, that could happen too. And then that gives you two non-SEC teams. Like some, one, one of those teams, like if Bama's the one that runs the table and LSU and Georgia have one loss, however they may be. Either of those teams are going to raise hell, especially if we're talking about – now, Notre Dame's not going to run the table, and I think after and Notre last Dame, year – Notre Dame is at Georgia exactly, coming up. They're going to get smashed by Georgia, and regardless, I hope the college football playoff committee learned their lesson. Be done with Notre Dame, man. They're not going to do anything against these monster schools. I think it depends on Oklahoma because Jalen Hurts and that team look really, really good too. So. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm excited about watching Jalen Hurts this season because he's got – remember RG3's Heisman campaign? He had more touchdowns than incompletions, mm-hmm. and right now Jalen Hurts has that going. I think he's got like nine total touchdowns, passing and rushing, and only seven incompletions through two games. So that's Burrow's really gonna, fun to watch. Burrow might catch that number himself. At this I know, on his 80% completion yeah. rates. Yeah, so uh, a lot to play out, but a lot to look forward to. Before you guys go, a quick reminder and request to subscribe to this podcast channel to automatically get all of our content. Also, please rate and review the podcast to help spread the word. And if you want to get in touch with us, use the Final Play app or Tiger Huddle app to submit a question. For now, that will do it for us. We'll talk to you next time on Overtime. At Keesler Federal Credit Union, if it's important to you, it's important to us. Here, you're more than a customer, you're a member. And we're more than a financial services provider. We're your financial partner with a genuine interest in your life. So whether you want the best rate on a credit card for the things you love, a home loan for the people you love, or savings and checking that work as hard as you do, we've got you covered. And that's a good thing. From Fox 8 Sports, this has been Fox 8 Overtime.